0: Welcome to the Gideon's Church Speaker Program, where our mission is to help develop more and better speakers. Whether you've been speaking for decades or just thinking about getting qualified, you will find valuable tips, lessons, and inspiration here. This is Sean Graver from the Tacoma Northwest Camp in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here is this week's episode. Our guest this episode joined the Gideons in 2004. He has served in a number of roles, which currently include camp president and area director. In his professional life, he served over 20 years as an officer in the army, plus four years enlisted, which included tours in Germany and Iraq, where he was a battalion commander. Today, he is director of operations at a logistical services company, and I'm happy to welcome Peter Herding. Hello, Pete.
1: Hey, Sean. How are you?
0: Uh, Doing great. Pete, tell me first, let's start with what motivated you to become a church ministry speaker.
1: I don't know, I guess the the, the Lord prompted me. Uh, in my career in the Army, I often have to do public speaking, give presentations. Uh, so it just seemed to be a natural course for me to be able to help out in the ministry with uh, church presentations.
0: So you didn't have to overcome that initial fear of speaking in front of others, as you'd already had quite a bit of experience in that field.
1: Oh, no, I, I had to do that. It just took me a while. It was a lot of practice over... You know, many, many moons ago, you know, I'm just, I'm a natural introvert and shy by nature, just because of the requirements of the job, I had to overcome that. Still, from what I understand, it's still the second largest fear behind death, and I totally subscribe to that. It's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not fun up there.
0: Well, tell me then, what does your preparation process look like?
1: Well, when, um, when I first got called to do some presentations, I, I looked up, obviously, uh, the, in the connection, and the, the Gideons itself has just a wide multitude of for you to develop your presentation. They have sample attention getters, closing statements, information statements, um, and, of course, they, they have specific criteria um, that you have to cover in your presentation. So I just assembled all that together and slowly started putting pen to paper and crafting away. And then over the t- course of time, you know, I started off with the initial presentation. And after the presentation, uh, I would um, ask some of the people around me, and of course my Gideon prayer partners, how things went, and for ways to improve and just continue to sort of fine tune, whittle it down. And then when I you know, get ready to actually do a presentation, my memory is really not that good, but of course, I don't want to read directly verbatim from my script, so uh, usually I'll hit the gym. You know, they have one of those treadmills there, and I plot my script there, and for an hour, I will just continually rehearse aloud for the hour, and I'll do that for several weekends prior to the actually giving my presentation.
0: You know, I can relate to that. I tend to spend a lot of time in preparation, and the only way that I really walk up with any kind of confidence at all is when I have rehearsed it and gone over and over again uh, to make sure that I not only know it, but that I know how long it'll take. And so I, I, I subscribe to the same method. When you when you head up to speak, when you're walking up to the podium, you've been introduced, what do you bring with you?
1: Well, I've got my script, uh, which really is more my, my crutch, I refer to that to, to get sort of like talking points, but at the most part, um, fairly well rehearsed in my mind for the presentation. But along with that, I also have a copy of the personal worker assessment. Generally, the sidewalk use is nice and bright and worn so people can see it from a distance. I also carry a hotel Bible with me uh, because obviously I refer to that when I make my appeal for contributions and donations, you know, demonstrating the cost of a hotel Bible versus a a personal worker's testament. And then I also take with me a a copy of the Gideon card, because that's part of the presentation, as well as a life book. Yeah, I think that's about it.
0: Now you mentioned that you bring up your entire script, your whole notes, uh, and we know in your preparation process that you are practicing so that you minimize your need to refer to the notes. And is there any other things you do to help minimize that? Any Anything you do with the script that you bring up that helps you to be able to use it as a reference tool without getting bogged down into actually uh, looking down and reading it?
1: Yeah, well, I will highlight, you know, keep just sort of keep me on the major points for discussion. Besides using a highlighter, I'll also use different colored fonts to catch my attention a little bit more. Uh, just so I can glance down, and it just keeps me back on track on where I'm going with my presentation.
0: So, in essence, you're able to take that script and and have it function as a a just a bullet point list as well. And if you needed to, you could refer to some more in depth information.
1: Exactly. You know, if I happen to choke, <laughs> then, <laughs> then I can start really reading. Um. Oh, that's the actual number. You know, maybe I get the I forgot the actual. Uh, numbers of scriptures we gave for the previous year, or the the quantity of donations of the dollar yeah, you know, any little facts or figures if I'm a choke and I can glance down and <laughs> and that uh, you know pick up from that
0: so what do you what does a typical uh, opening of a presentation look like for you? Well, according
1: to the Gideons, uh, you're supposed to have some sort of attention getter. so uh, I just come up with a testimony you know as as I was reaching through researching through my testimonies, uh, one that just sort of caught my eye started off with, fine, I'm going home. And it sort of gives a chuckle, you know, because the pastor introduces you and then you just turn around and say, no, fine, I'm out of here. <laughs> and they're, they're like, oh, what's going on? Uh, and then I said, well, that actually happened to a businessman in, in the Central African Republic and his girlfriend uh, announced that to him. And, of course, he had a very difficult decision to make because he was going on a business trip, and he had to try and determine and decide who was he going to take. Was it going to be his girlfriend or his wife? then <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that continues on with the testimony there, and from there then I'll transition into the rest of the presentation. Because obviously in the end, you know, he was convicted of a sin through a Gideon's Bible, and from that, he turned his life over to Christ and he also became a Gideon.
0: Oh, that's a great attention getter. You start off with a line like that and then on to the next decision of whether to dig his wife or girlfriend, you kinda you're gonna you're gonna grab their attention one way or the other with uh with both of those.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know you're a little bit animated, you know, you use your hands, you know, one you know, in on one hand you got your wife, the other hand, you know.
0: You know, now, now, Pete, you bring up a good point there. Uh, oftentimes, speakers come up and they're focused on speaking that message, but they don't know what to do with their hands. Sometimes they're in their pockets, sometimes they're flapping around like a bird, and other times they're just, you know, fidgeting. But you you, you do try to purposefully incorporate some hand gestures into the message then for emphasis, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, absolutely, because when I'm going to pick up a hotel Bible and say, this hotel Bible costs, I think it's five fifty, right? But, you know i I pick it up and show it to them, or the small workers personal workers' testament you know that costs a dollar thirty five it'll hold that up or the getting cards um, and when I'm not using my hands to pick up an object to to show to the audience, then I'll usually just have it on the podium or I'll be turning my my pages from a notes anyway
0: in addition to a great attention getter. Uh, from the time you arrive at the church and through your presentation, what do you do to connect with your audience on a more personal level?
1: Well, when I arrive at the church, um, usually the first thing I do is search out the uh, pastor and then just uh, let him know I'm here, just make sure he understands why I'm here, asking for solicitations and donations in support of our ministry. And, uh, and you know, usually I'm familiar with with uh, all the other all pastors I've spoken there before. And then I'll make a beeline out, check out make sure there's giving cards there and then just start working the, the room a little bit. I'll you know? just introduce myself and mention to the folks who, who we are and what we do and just ask and inquire about the church and how they like the church and the overall uh, you know congregation and the pastors, et cetera.
0: Yeah, you know, that's a very effective technique to make those one-on-one connections with people ahead of time because it, it really kind of makes it a warm uh, a warm connection when you do uh, walk up to the podium. Many of them already feel like they know you somewhat, and you have the same feeling back. I think that, that does help make that connection a lot stronger.
1: Right, absolutely. And, you know, we don't want to go out there as well just, you know, with our hands out and having that, convey that impression that, oh, we're only here for, for the money. It's, it's to extend and, and show the congregation how your ministry and how we are an extension of the church's ministry to the rest of the world, how we're an integral part of the church, uh, how we have good relations with the pastors and part of the community. I think that's very important to ensure that we come off in our presentation with a positive feeling and attitude. Um, from from that presentation about the Gideons.
0: Well, tell me about maybe an interesting or unique approach that you bring to your presentation.
1: Yeah, I've heard recently when I was at the state convention some other uh, interesting approaches that uh, I may adopt. Uh, you and I discussed one uh, uh, as far as the you know collection of, of donations, but the actual presentations, I wouldn't think of myself as particularly unique I always focus on uh, good delivery and transition, doing, doing my presentation on time. I just always sort of focus doing it by the book. I sort of really focus too much on anything uh, uh, unique that stands out.
0: That is a true military approach, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, we just sort of cut to the chase. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, here's my left and right limit. This is what I need to do, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to get her done, that's, you know, that's about it.
0: As you return to a church, perhaps a year later or two years later, how do you improve, or, or maybe better yet, how do you evolve the presentation so that the same church doesn't hear the exact same testimonials or the same message each time?
1: You know, that that is a great question. That is one that I truly need to work on because I, I've got this, stay honed uh, presentation and I will mix up some of the testimonies but for the the most part the meat of it the mechanics of the intro talking about the megadidians who we are what we do throwing my prayer and the uh, scripture quotation throw another testimony transition into why I'm here so solicit like, the do- donations you know that's all sort of set and you <laughs> happened I was at. Uh, First Presbyterian over on 6th Avenue. And sure enough, a year later, everyone's like, yeah, it's a great presentation. But, you know, you gave that just last year. <laughs> 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 I got called out. on it, And I was like, oh, my word. <laughs> you know, so I know next time I go to that church, I'm going to really have to come back and, and not be so lazy, I guess, and really pen the paper again and start crafting uh, at least two or three different Presentations uh, for the various churches, so it's not all stale or uh, redundant when they hear it.
0: Yeah, I think they're they're letting you know that they're paying attention, though. So yeah, yeah. not have that no, much. It's <laughs> a
1: good point. You know, you, that's that's a good point. You know,
0: I've heard from other speakers; they tend to do it almost on a calendar schedule. At the start of the year, they will replace their testimonies with other ones. If they do it on the calendar, they're, they're almost assured that they're not going to be repeating it uh, to the same audience each time, and because uh, it's pretty hard to keep track of exactly what you said at, at this church six months ago, if you don't have some type of a structure. That was one idea that I put down as on my checklist of things to do.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, as we develop um, new speakers or introduce them into speaking because you don't really have much form of instruction other than, hey, be a good speaker and <clears throat> go forth, make it happen, come back in and we'll qualify you. So you really leave it up to that potential getting a speaker to sort of figure it all out. And it would be sort of nice for someone within the camp or the or the uh, area or, or, of course, the state to just sort of throw out some of these pearls of wisdom. And I think through this interview process, you can gain a lot from that. But that was one of the things. that never really dawned on me. Hey, you need to change, you know change up your presentations. Uh, you really shouldn't be saying the same presentation to the church, you know, year after year after year. This this interview and and this process, I think, will be very beneficial and useful for us as we develop our speakers.
0: Yeah, that's one of the great benefits of having conversations. Is like having conversations like this is that we do get to hear different perspectives, or hear a different approach and something new that we can bring to our presentation each time. One of the important parts of the presentation being, of course, the call to action at the end. What does your call to action sound like?
1: Well, you know, I'm military, so I call it out. I'm like, so why am I here? I'll tell you why I'm here. I'm here because we need help. And, you know, there's three things you can do to help us in the Gideon's ministry. The first thing you can do is pray for us. Pray for open doors, pray for more funds, for more Gideons. And then the second thing is if the Lord leads you to do so, consider giving to Gideons. And for every donation that you give, it'll be used strictly for purchase and distribution of scriptures around the world. And I just, you know, I just catch up the chase.
0: <laughs> and then if you had your choice, how would you prefer the offering to be handled?
1: Well, again, that was one of the things no one ever really. Showed me or gave me any ideas. So when I first was at a presentation, um, one of our Gideons in my camp, he's just like, "Why well, you stand at the back of the door? You know, you open your Bible and throw ten dollars in there and proceed money, and then you just wait for people to give donations." So you know that's that's all I've ever known. So that's all I've ever done. But as I mentioned recently, you shared. To be, uh, I think, a fabulous uh, a method, which is to use uh, an empty Gideon cardboard box, you know, with a case for 100 and open that up, perhaps bring that with you to, uh, to the stage and the podium to really visualize and demonstrate hey, $135, you can fill this with, with Gideon Bibles. So that's something I'm really looking towards uh, integrating in my presentation and uh, use for my closing and, and collection.
0: And Pete, if you could give one piece of advice to other speakers, what would that be?
1: Now, I would say going back to the beginning of the the presentations and just overcoming that fear and gaining that level of comfort, it just really comes down to rehearsing. You know, just going over your presentation over and over and over to the point where you're very comfortable in, in your performance and your delivery. Uh, Because ultimately, we don't want to just go out there and solicit donations. We want to empathize with the church and have that that good connection and communication established to where they're comfortable and they recognize the Gideons as a valuable asset to to their church ministry. I think it's very important that we continue to rehearse and continue to hone our presentations. We have a lot that we're supposed to put out, a lot of information in 10 minutes. Oftentimes, the, the pastor may come back and tell you, you've got five, or you've got two. So the second part of that, of that rehearsal, is rehearsing, well, what's my elevator pitch? You know, if the pastor comes up, be prepared. He may turn around and say, well, you've got two minutes. Are you ready?
0: Now, Pete, were there any questions that I didn't ask? That maybe I should have, or any other closing advice you'd like to leave everyone with?
1: No, other than um, we need more speakers. <laughs> so, and it's just a tremendous. It, it really is rewarding. I mean, I always dread doing it because, again, my in nature of, of being shy and introverted, and really, uh, I have to really uh, summon up a lot of um, uh, my rehearsing and everything else to go before a crowd. And then, uh, and of course, you're always um, self-critique yourself, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, that was horrible. I gave a horrible presentation. But, you know, it really doesn't matter, because when you collect the offerings and you count, you're like, oh, my goodness, the Lord's going to bless bless you regardless. I mean, He will, he's using you for his glory and purpose and will. So if you just sort of keep that in the back of your mind, that will help calm the fears. You know, ultimately, it's, it is a tremendous blessing when afterwards, you know, you get to have the opportunity of seeing different church services, meeting all the different pastors, establishing those contacts and relationships with the pastors and the congregation. I just find that really tremendously fulfilling and rewarding. So really, um, it, it is a tremendous blessing to be a giving presenter.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you, Peter. That's been uh, some excellent advice and insight. We certainly appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again soon.
1: Thank you very much, Sean.
0: Thanks for listening to the Gideon's Church Speaker Program. We hope you found it informative and inspirational. If you or someone you know would be a great guest on an upcoming episode, send me an email at sean.graver at gmail.com. That's S-E-A-N dot g-r-a-v-e-r at gmail.com or visit our website at www.tgispeaker.com and use the password tgi for access. Proverbs 9.9 says instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. See you next time.